Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins hockey talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a patreon member to be eligible for weekly boston hockey prizes and monthly boston bruins hand signed jersey giveaways please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just one dollar per episode many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show What's up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 284, and I'm your host, Mark Allred, alongside every week, Mr. Kevin O'Keefe and Mr. Dom Tiano. Dom, welcome back after a little bit of a hiatus. How you doing, sir? Not bad, boys. Not bad. How are you guys doing? I'm doing, doing good. good. Good, thanks. Kevin, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Feeling good. Ready to talk some hockey. Excellent, excellent. We do have a, a few things we want to touch on today. Some news uh, broke, uh, well, reports, let's put it that way. Reports have broke out over the weeks, and we're going to touch on that. 
Um, but before we get to all the Bruins hockey talk, I do want to mention that uh, our Black and Gold Productions sports media company is looking for writers and podcasters. So if you want to get, uh, if you want, if you are an individual that wants to start a podcast, or maybe get with your family members or friends and uh, and do one every week, please let me know. And if you want to get into writing, this is a great opportunity. The off season is a great downtime to uh, to teach folks that haven't, um, you know been in writing before so if you want to uh try something new let me know reach out at black and gold productions llc at gmail.com all right we uh yes like i said we do have some important news to go on but the most important news of the week is this and i have to ask dom because he's got to explain this what is going on here dom is this a sick joke uh yeah it um <laughs> um i posted uh photos on twitter that's my grandson by the way uh him in bruins attire since he was a baby and uh he was out with his stepmom yesterday and he needed new pajamas and he likes the color red and that's what she bought for him so uh <laughs> The sad news is it was a toss-up between that. He loves the Toronto Blue Jays. So the sad news when he was looking, it was between that uh, Canadians PJ or a Toronto Maple Leafs uh, pajamas. And as hard as, and as much as it hurts to say this, I'm glad he picked uh, the Canadians over the league. <laughs> Well, listen, I just gonna, I, got, I, I thought it was great because the look on his face, it almost like it, he's intentionally rubbing it in, in your face, Dom. Oh, yeah, because he, he knew <laughs> I did not like it when he, when he <laughs> come running out. I said, no, you can't be wearing that. And he started laughing at me. And, you better oh, fix this sick. issue, Dom. <laughs> well, uh, I think I've told you I was married to a uh, Habs fan. This would have been 34 years this year. So we got along pretty well. <laughs> That's amazing. It's so cool to see you two together when you guys have your weekends. It's, some, it's really fun to uh, to look at that and see you guys both having fun. Um, all right. Speaking of fun, let's get into some Boston Bruins hockey talk right here. Uh, Joey McDonald earlier this week uh, dropped the report that Patrice Bergeron is interested in coming back for at least one more season, um, which uh, pretty much put every Bruins fan uh, a smile on their face during the summer off season. Um, but it's just a report as it is right now. And these and the uh, the groups are going to sit down and and have a conversation next week once um, Bergeron comes back from his family vacation. So nothing is finalized, but hearing the word that he's coming back is it, it it's important for me. I want to see this guy do it, uh, you know, possibly win one again. I'm not sure about the roster next season. We, we, we're going to have to put the pieces together this offseason to see what what uh, this management crew is going to do. Um, but, you know, I if he can if he can go and his body can handle it, why the hell not? What are your thoughts, Kev? Um. Yeah, I think it's great for the team, for the organization. Even if they're not going after a cup, which I'm assuming they probably are 
if they are bringing back Bergeron. But, I mean, he's going to be great for younger kids in the room who are going to need uh, good leadership and someone that they can learn from, uh, regardless of position, because the intangibles that come along with Patrice Bergeron are just unmatched. The guy is incredible in the room. He's incredible on the ice. Um, I have no doubts and no worries about Don Sweeney being able to get a contract done with Patrice Bergeron. I feel like that's his bread and butter when it comes to uh, what he can do for the Boston Bruins organization as the general manager. So I think this is fantastic. I'm really excited. I don't expect this to be signed tomorrow. So, you know, or or even next week. So Bruins fans, you know, don't freak out if there isn't a contract in place by, you know, uh, July 13th, which is, I believe, the um, uh, free agency window when that opens. So don't freak out. It's going to be one of those things where they, they could sign it, you know, later on in the later on in the summer. So just uh, be happy and uh, look forward to uh, having number 37, your captain here for another season and the winter classic, which is, I think something he really wanted to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, having Patrice Bergeron in his leadership and uh, 37 and 37 back is, is not a bad idea. What are your thoughts, Dom on Patrice Bergeron and a potential one year deal or more? If you might've heard anything different. Um. I have to disagree with a couple of things Kevin said. Um, first, I don't think Bergeron returning means that they are all in for a cup. Um, Kirk Ludic, he put it best on Twitter yesterday. That's just the type of player and person Patrice Bergeron is. He was not going to leave this team in a black hole and or his teammates, not just the team the team and his teammates. And I think he realizes how important uh, it is for him to come back for one more season and give Donnie Sweeney another year to, to sort it out. It's, it's just who he is. We've seen it for what? 18 plus years now that, that that's exactly who he is. Can he play at an elite level? He just won his fifth Selkie uh, trophy, so we know that he can. Is he in shape? <laughs> he's better now than he has been the last two years uh, now that he's got that elbow surgery done. Um, and the other thing I will disagree with is uh, I'm sure they'll get the contract done, uh, but it's going to have to be Evan Gold that works his magic on getting it done, not Don Sweeney, because they've got some real cap manipulating to do to to fit him in, and that's um, Evan Gold's gold standard is is working out those those types of deals. So why don't we just yeah why don't we just segue into the conversation of what type of deal could he get? It, and we all know Bergeron is that type of player that w- will go all out 100% for the team and do what it takes to uh, kind of work with an organization. I believe he, you know, back his last contract was a very cap friendly deal for him. But will he accept a lower, will he accept three or less to make this happen? Oh, yeah. Because, because Dom, yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right that cap manipulation has to happen during this offseason if you bring in folks in and so on. I mean, I mean, even can, can we even ask if he takes a league minimum for one year? 
Yeah. And, and, oh, yes, yes. I mean, Kevin nailed on it. It's going to take some time to work it out. So um, uh, much like they did with Yaro Halak or, or Kevin Miller or Zidane with Chara, they're easily attainable bonuses that they can defer to the 2023-24 season. For example, uh, they could give him a $1 million contract uh, $3 million bonus for playing in 10 games, uh, $3 million bonus for scoring 10 goals. Wow. Uh, so easily attainable. And that allows them to defer it to the following season. So it's yeah. not like he's going to be without the money. He's guaranteed his money. Uh, unless he gets a season ending injury in his first game. But, uh, you know, We've seen Evan Gold work out these deals with Chara and Halak and and others before before them. So <clears throat> I think Chara did it twice. So yeah, I can see him going for Bearman. I mean, you know, they got two point three million dollars in uh, in cap space, so it's going to have to be that kind of deal. Um, yeah, I mean. I think Jerome McGinley is the one I look to as the type of deal. I've been saying this back to halfway through the past season that I think, um, you know, a Jerome McGinley type deal is, you know, plausible. Um, I just don't know if it will be touching that, you know, league men. Um, I, the way I envisioned it was maybe 1.5 to 2 mil in that area. Um, but I mean, Hey, if he wants to sign for league men and he wants to take on some bonus incentives, like Don was talking about, let it carry over into the next season. Um, so you don't have to worry about it now. I'm totally down for that. And yeah, of course we don't know 100%. Huh? He's always done that. He's always been right. team friendly. So yes. uh, no doubt in my mind, something like that will go get work too. They just, yeah. I've just has to sit there and, and crunch the numbers and, come up with a deal that's satisfactory to Bergeron and that works for the team. Yeah. I've had plenty of um, arguments with uh, people on Twitter saying, Oh, there's no way you get Bergeron done for under five, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, I mean, have you not followed this guy's career? Do you not know who we're talking about here? I mean, the guy could have been making more than what he's been making his entire career. I mean, let's be real here. He could have been making, you know, seven, eight, on his last contract, maybe even pushing nine, but he just oh, doesn't easily, do it. Easily. You know, but he's let's, team first. Let's remember, his contract was an eight-year contract, so mm -hmm. it's not like he could have renegotiated it halfway through. But you're absolutely right. That's the type of deal it's going to be. It's the only type of deal uh, that could work. And, you know, not to stray off, off topic here, but Sweeney has admitted to reaching out to David Krejci's agent, and it's going to be the same thing there. So both guys are going to have to come in, barring any major move, at a million-dollar salary plus bonuses. Now, I think – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. I was just going to say, you know, um, David Krejci, uh, <coughs> I, I think it's more plausible – than it was before that there is a chance of him coming back. Do I still think it's near, you know, him coming back? No, 
but I, I just think that the chances of him coming back are a bit greater, seeing how he is in contact with Don Sweeney. He is over here. I mean, there's a few things lining up that could make it totally seem like he is signing. I mean, but we're not going to know until we hear anything, of course. But um, I just imagine if both of them were to come back, I mean, that's the best possible way to handle the blow of the injury side of the offense to start the season without Martian because you can have Bergeron and Pasternak playing together and then have Hall and Krejci playing together on your uh, t- on your top six. And you can create something, you know, put Smith on the right side of uh, those two, put that line back together and put DeBrusque on the left side with uh, Bergeron and, and, um, and uh, Pasternak there. And you can have yourself a decent – a pretty damn good top six, in my opinion, there, as long as Krejci can come back and play at the caliber that he was with Hall before he left. Yeah. And, and my question for the capologist of the of the panel here, and that's the dominator, um, with with the Bergeron news and, and possible uh, cap, very cap-friendly uh, veteran one-year deal, and the news of potentially David Krejci coming back and his deal being bonus and, you know, laden, let's just say that. Is there any cap ramifications that you could see for the following season? And can the team absorb that? Well, yeah, there's gonna, but you have to remember, they got a bunch of expiring contracts in, in 2023. It, it all depends. And I'm sure they, they have an idea of what, David Pasternak is going to come in at. So uh, you got to remember, Haller comes off, Smith comes off, uh, Nosek comes off, Felino comes off for for the following season. And again, Bergeron, you don't know what's going to happen there. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't see any potential... Uh, Problems that that is if they don't use a buyout this year because any buyout this year is going to carry over for two years and you really don't want to take that hit with all those contracts coming off. Right. No, that no, that makes a little more sense now because uh yeah because the one one thing that like Kevin brought up Daryl McGinley and he came in at a very cap friendly deal but his bonus incentive was five million. And if I'm not mistaken, that kind of hurt the Bruins the next year because they were right up against it just from the get-go. It 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 did, but I mean, the Bruins have 23 million dollars in space, and that's not counting um, an increase to the cap, which I think there will be. So, no. you know, let's say a 25 25 million dollars in cap space. Um, that's great. They got room to maneuver. I don't I don't foresee any issues with uh 23-24. And again, Evan Gold will figure it out. He always has and he always will. And that's also not to say that um you know, there's more money on top of that with either trading a guy like Mike Riley or um you know, Matt Grizzlick or you know, someone like that i mean there there's the possibility there too which is something they're they're gonna have to look into trading somebody definitely someone's gonna have to go 
Um, at this point, it's looking more like it would be a guy like Mike Riley just due to the fact that he's going to be healthier sooner. Um, but, but who knows? You, I, I don't think we're going to see it before the first month of the season until McAvoy and Grizzly come back. Um, I, I, I don't think they're going to tinker with the blue line and make a move until possibly December with with Riley or or whoever that they're going to move. Before we get on to our next topic, let's hear from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got some fantastic stuff to spice up that fan cave this offseason to prepare yourself for an unbelievable year next year. So let's hear from Bruce, and we'll talk on the other side. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. On July 10th, be sure to stop by our booth at the Cardboard Promotions Show at the Holiday Inn in Dedham, Massachusetts to check out our dozens of hand-signed Bruins memorabilia. Breaking news! On July 20th, we will be hosting Bruins legend and hockey Hall of Famer Cam Neely. Pre-order a JSA-authenticated 8x10 for $55, puck for $59, mini helmet for $109, or jersey for $139. On May 23rd, we hosted Bruins legend 19-time All-Star Raymond Bork. We have Bork jerseys starting at just $139, photos for $59, or pucks for $65. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! All right, that was Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Again, he's got some awesome stuff. Hand-signed jerseys, signed 8x10s. Signed 16 by 20s, signed pucks, and just a lot of great stuff. And it's not just Boston Bruins stuff. It's Red Sox, it's Patriots, and it's Celtics as well. And if I'm not mistaken, Bruce just got back from a, a trip to French Lick in Indiana to do a signing with Mr. Larry Bird. So that's pretty cool wow. to hear. Yeah. Um, okay. Joey Matt coming at you. Boom, 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 boom. Double time is reporting last night that – the uh, Bruins uh, Bruins uh, ownership and Don Sweeney are close to finalizing an extension. This immediately set the Bruins nation on fire. Pitch Pitchforks and torches were outside the Warrior Ice Arena where Don Sweeney's office is. And uh, people are not happy about this. And judging by the background and Dom's stream yard, um, it's a kind of a, a shit show in my opinion. But thoughts yeah, and pay, um, paying homage to Wayne Gretzky calling the New Jersey Devils and Mickey Mouse. <laughs> um, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I don't I don't mind the return of Don Sweeney. My only wish is that it came with complete control of hockey operations. That mm. he he is where the buck stops. I don't want it to go past him. And 
much like when Peter Shirelli was brought in, um, you know, he had complete control. Uh, Neely at the time was vice president and then promoted to president, but Shirelli still had the final say. Um, he didn't have to run anything past Neely until the end when, of course, Cam let him go. So my only hope is that it comes with that. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, uh, we've been talking for most of the season here when Don Sweeney's name was brought up about coming back. We both were, you know, I, I think Mark was on board too with that. He was coming back. Um, he wasn't, it, it's, it's not the time to let go of Don Sweeney when you still have a moron or a Mickey mouse like Cam Neely at the helm. That's the real problem. In my opinion is Cam Neely. He's got his finger on everything. He's, you know, putting his fingers in everybody's food. It's annoying. I, I I love the player. You know, I do. I love the player of Cam Neely, but as a, a management, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the offices there, get him out. I mean, it, it's just not going to work long-term. I mean, and think of it this way. If, if Don Sweeney's gone, who's your interim GM? Likely, likely Neely. Do you want that? Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of Bruins fans out there who probably would be like, yeah, this team would get tougher. Blah, blah. No, it would knock it. It would get worse, in my opinion. Uh, I think I wanna, Don Sweeney does a good job. I want to read two quotes to you. I'm not going to say from who. I'm curious to get your both your opinions on this. But quote number one, Cam Neely is all about Cam Neely. Quote number two, Cam Neely only remembers the last thing that happened. Yeah, to me, that just says that preparedness is the word that I that I use often when I think about Cam Neely and lack and lack thereof. Uh, you could you could tell he's not ready for any of his interviews. Um, you know, he basically in, in words basically said that Bruce wasn't going to come back, you know, uh, and. I, I just I don't see the love that ownership gets with him. And I understand he was a power forward. He scored a bunch of goals, was really good Boston player and so on. But, you know, the buddy buddy love has to stop somehow. And it, it has to get back from it has to get back to the game and not just a business all the time. And it seems like he is the younger version or the upcoming version of Jeremy Jacobs when it comes to decisions that need to be made for putting together a winning team. Now, I'm totally on board if Don Sweeney has all that control and Neely steps back and more does the business aspect of the game. Totally on board with that, Dom. Yeah. As far as the two quotes go, uh, the first one, I believe, was um, Neely is all about himself versus not in yeah. so many words. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. He is all about himself. He's all about his image. He's all about finding a scapegoat. Um, Cassidy, number one. Will Sweeney be number two? We'll soon see. Um, and then the second one was, I forget the second one, if you can refresh my memory. Um, Cam Neely only remembers the last thing that happened. Yeah, so AKA he remembers his breakfast right now. So or he remembers the loss of Carolina and thus Bruce. Well, of course, yeah. Go and yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. It, it, it's 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 one of those things where I don't think he can look. I don't think he can look into the future and see a vision for the team. I really don't. Yep. Down with Totally agree with that. Um, you know, we just we, this team's got to get back into the winning ways, and and to do that, you have to assemble a team that that gets you past the round one and two, and be more competitive. Uh, hard, harder on pucks. Uh, got to get um, players that that are so difficult to play against, and and I'm starting to feed more and more into this narrative from because I'm hearing it so much. That you know, the Bruins do have to go out and get those Pat Maroons, the Corey Perrys, and so on, because it's working. It's working. You know, I understand at the end of the at the end of the day, it's the team that has the most goals wins the games. I totally get that. But still, it's the inner workings of that game and how those types of players are making impacts around the league that's making the Boston Bruins look like. And I'm not asking for the big bad Bruins to come back. I'm not asking for 12 to 15 players on a team to have more than 20 goals like they did in the late 70s, early 80s, whatever. All I'm asking for is is some players that to come in here. I want Nick Delorier. Go out and get Nick. They've tried and they failed at every turn. Zach Ronaldo, Jimmy Hayes, um, the two brothers. I'm just afraid to mention their names. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nick Felino, although Felino was brought in for a different reason. Uh, David Backus, uh, Matt Bolesky, they have failed at every turn at trying to get those players. I, I think I have an idea why, though. A lot of the players mentioned they're getting at the later stages of their career when they're already beaten and battered and they can't really do much of that anymore. I feel like they got to draft a guy like that. Maybe, maybe like, like back is I will agree with you when it comes to Bacchus and, and when it comes to Felino. I don't know. Was how old was Ronaldo when they signed, when they traded for him? That I don't know, but he doesn't much um, crap anyway. I mean, what the about the Richie like, brothers? The Richie brothers were young. I thought you yeah. didn't want to say their names. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sorry, the brothers. Um, the brothers. Jimmy uh, Hayes. Jimmy Hayes. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Hayes was young. Was Jimmy Hayes a bruiser, though? I mean, no. But they were know? they were hoping the big body uh, yeah. that he would be right. Yeah, yeah, you hope the same thing with Carlo. You hope it with Coyle. Yeah. So. Um, it, it just hasn't worked out for, under this regime. Yeah, it seems I, I like, like they were Delorier. almost. Yeah, it, it seems like I, they I, almost wanted to capture the 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 moment of of um. Oh, now I can't remember his name. Uh, Horton, Nathan Horton. They're always yeah. trying to get that type of player into the Luchich. system, and and yeah, yeah, right, right. Thornton. So, Campbell. What were you saying about? What were you saying about Nick? I like him. I, I mean, that's the type of player I'd want on this team too in the bottom six. I mean, it, I'd love a fourth line like what they had, or I don't know if they still have, but um, it, for the Islanders that uh, I forget, I think it was the, um, what did they call it? The uh, identity line or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I would love, a, I would love to have a fourth line like that again. I mean, they were in your face. They'd hit, 
they'd make plays. They would, they could go up against any freaking line you threw out there. They really could. I mean, they were a lot, they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. I would love a line like that. Um, you know, I, I thought Frederick could have been one of those types of guys, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Freddie there. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, I, I don't know who they even have in the system who they could bring in, who could be that type of guy. I see guys like Lauko fighting and playing out of his identity, and that's weird. <clears throat> that's weird, and I don't like it. Um, I don't really know who they have. It's, and I feel like you got to draft guys like that. I mean, look at Tampa. Tampa is able to influx all of these types of guys into their bottom six consistently. Um, and a lot of that's through drafting. They, you know, they've gone through like three makeovers of their bottom six throughout three Stanley Cup runs. Um, and it's it's wild to see. Then they bring in a guy like Corey Perry, Pat Maroon, you know, all this type of stuff. And um, I don't know. I just uh, would like to see the Bruins find some type of mixture in that bottom six that's going to give them that hard-to-play-against aspect, but have it make sense and have them also be able to play the game of hockey. Yeah. How crazy is it to think that Pat Maroon could win four straight Stanley Cups? Yeah, I'm hated by everybody on I'm hated by most on Twitter because I want to see it happen. So, <laughs> so do I. So do I. Good, Dom. Absolutely. That, that, I, mean, I want it. I, I don't think anybody's won four straight Stanley Cups since the old Montreal Canadiens when they were just in their dynasty. I mean, the last time anyone won three Stanley Cups was was the Islanders in the early 80s. So, Jesus, I mean, that that's a record that could be broken from way back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, speaking – but speaking of records, uh, you can make record money if you know how to bet appropriately, but you got to do it safely, responsibly. That's the same thing. And I know that. But check out our show sponsor, betonline.ag. They have some fantastic things on that website, worldwide sports that you can bet on, not just Stanley Cup playoff hockey and so on, and, uh, and baseball and, you know, uh, golf. You know, there's plenty of things to do. So let's hear from, uh, let's hear me speak about our show sponsored by online.ag and we'll talk on the other side. Our partners at betonline.ag continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball scores, and all the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures. BetOnline.ag is a continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to get the bonus and get in the action. BetOnline.ag, it's where the game starts. And we're back, Bees fans. We just heard from the amazing show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Don't forget to use that code CLNS50 when you go to the BetOnline.ag website. 
and uh, sign up for a free account. It does us a great deal of service and helps us pay the bills around here in a small sports media company. All right, we are back talking bees, and why not just segue right into this? Um, new head coach has yet to be named, but from my understanding and some inner workings that I've talked to, or folks that I've talked to, it's a it's kind of a, a heated race between Jay Leach, former Providence Bruins head coach, uh, current Seattle uh, associate, um, and uh, Spencer Carberry to a young young men uh, looking to uh, get their first job as a head coach in the NHL. Uh, so that's just what I'm hearing. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not releasing any sources or anything like that, but it just seems like the, the narrative is, is, um, is, is tracking towards somebody younger coming in here and working and, you know, basically trying to capture the room. Uh, I think that this team definitely needs a player's coach again to, to, you know, reinvigorate this club, regardless of what's going to happen for the next few months with the McAvoy, the Riley, the Marchand injuries up front. Um, but I'm just curious on what, what your thoughts about those two particular people that are in the running, or if you have or know or hear anything about somebody else that's being uh, talked about out there in the, uh, in your inner circles. I would love either one of them, to be honest. Um, I think that both Leach and Carberry could both come in and um, provide something for this team. I believe Carberry was with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, um, yep. working the power play there, and their power play was tremendous. So I, I think that would be great. Um, a name that I think – Montgomery could be another guy who could come in and possibly do something good. Um, you know, he dealt with some problems uh, with alcohol, but he's doing very good now and he's with the St. Louis blues. And I think that could be an, an option there as well. But I think for me right now, I think the safe, the safest bet and the one I'd lean towards is probably leech. I would lean towards leech too. And I, for me, I don't have a problem with uh, an untested <coughs> um, rookie NHL coach coming in as long as he is surrounded by uh, veteran uh, assistant coaches that have been around, i.e. Joe Sacco. Chris Kelly is fairly new. Um, you know, it, it's but he understands the game and the way the game uh, should be played now. Whether a new coach, uh, remember, a, a new coach that comes in is going to want his own assistance. Um, so whether they they this new coach keeps them or not um, is a different story. It's not the team who hires, or it's not management who hires the assistant coaches. It's the coach. So um, as long as he's he's surrounded himself uh, with. Those that type of assistant coach, I have no problem with a rookie coach coming in. Yeah, you need somebody to lean on, you know, and yeah. and Joe Sacco could definitely be that type of person. He's got the experience. He's been an NHL coach. Uh, he's been an NHL coach as soon as as close as last year when um, when Bruce Cassidy came down with the COVID and had to be removed from the uh, the team. So 
Uh, you know, this, it's not a bad mentor right there either. But I do understand that head coach is going to want their own guy. And I, I kind of wonder if that's kind of the holdup that we're not seeing any traction on when the news is going to be released and so on. I mean, I have a pretty good idea who the coach is going to be, but, you know, that's uh, well, I, think, I think they're doing their due diligence, Mark. I really That's, do. They're having long discussions. They're not talking to three, four guys a day. They're talking to one guy a day and saying, okay, this is what we want. This is what we expect. What do you think of this team, the makeup? How should we be playing? <clears throat> Unlike when when Cassidy replaced Julian, um, we pretty much knew who the coach was going to be, even though they were doing an exhaustive uh, search, right? Um, one thing that I'm wondering is if maybe some of these candidates that are being, you know, looked at for the head coaching position, I'm wondering if one of those guys maybe come along and become an assistant or become somebody within the organization. You know, we talk about uh, Cab uh, Carberry. I'm probably saying his name wrong because my nope. mouth sucks. Carberry. Car Carberry. Thank you. I add yeah. a D in there or an R somewhere because I, I'm weird. But Carberry, I, I think – there it is. See? Oh, well. <laughs> uh, I think if you brought him in, it could help this power play in some form that desperately needs something. It really does. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do But because I know Dean needs to be replaced, and he was the one who was more – geared towards the defensive side of things. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do there. Um, but it all starts with that head coach and go from there. Well, I, I do remember what I was trying to say earlier, you know, and, and it kind of pisses me off about Bruins nation sometimes that they, they just fire from the hip on everything. Um, the Boston Bruins officially released something about um, about Pride Month and something. And if you look at the, at the uh, comments, it's all about, who cares? Hire a coach. Who cares? We need this. Who cares? Get a player. It's like, you know, but all that comes down to there is no rush. Like Dom said, they're doing the due diligence on trying to find the right fit for a head coach and so on. And I completely agree with, with what they're doing. And a lot of folks that say that, well, you're going to development camp. Don't you think that that um, that they should have a coach in place for that? And I said, no, no, because not the NHL coach is never running the development camp. It's always the Providence Bruins guy this year. It would be Ryan Mujanel running everything out on the ice. And he was a first year coach last year in the eight, but the AHL club. So, and the same thing with Bruce Cassidy, when he was in Providence, he came up and ran all that while Claude Julian was up on the media deck with the rest of management overseeing everything. So there's, there's absolutely no rush, but I do agree with the due diligence that Dom was talking about. Yeah, and you don't yep. need a coach. You don't need a coach for the NHL draft either. Uh, right. a, a, a coach has little, very little, or no say on on the player you're you're going to be picking in in the draft. So, yeah, uh, this and this they that they have to have a coach for for the draft. No, no, and and they definitely have an idea of the style and type of coach they are looking for. So yeah. it really isn't going to hinder any type of um, decision-making on the type of player they're looking at to draft in the draft. Because, you know, if you had a guy like 
bat, let's say Trotz was here. Let's say Trotz was here. I don't know if they're looking for a, you know, a guy who can put up 50, 60 goals in a season because that's going to be probably stifled quite a bit by a guy like <laughs> Trotz. So, um, you know, I, I think stuff like that does come into play. But, no, they know the style of coach they're looking at. They know what they're looking for. So that's not going to hamper anything. And while we're on the – well, we're a little bit off of it, but I'm going to go back to it on beating up Bruins Nation a little bit. <laughs> I find it hilarious that back before – um, Bruce Cassidy made that switch of uh, jumbling up that top six to give us w- what we had for the remainder of the season, for the most part. Um, so many people were like, oh, look at what's happening with Sacco. He's doing great. Fire Cassidy. Blah, 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 blah. Let Sacco <laughs> I remember be the that. head coach. And now, and now, fast forward, Bruce Cassidy's fired. You don't hear a single person saying, oh, Sacco should be the coach. Oh, Sacco should right. be the coach. Where is that? I, a lot of things are said in it? the heat of the moment. <laughs> the only time I get those comments is when you screen capture them and send them to me. <laughs> oh, there's a lot yeah. of fun doing that. Yeah, our private chat's pretty freaking hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, All right. why did you send this to me? I don't follow them. I don't want to read that crap. <laughs> Uh, all right, moving on to the next topic. Uh, the Boston Bruins did announce their annual development camp uh, that's held at the Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton, Massachusetts. And that is from Monday, five days this year. Crazy. Normally, it's a four-day duration, sometimes even three. I've been to uh, days that they've had three and four, but this is a whole week, and it's right after the draft, and it starts on Monday July 11th goes right to the 15th on Friday. So I will be um, covering that uh, five-day event. I have a hotel already booked in Boston, so I will be close by for all the activities and so on. So if anybody's in attendance, uh, it is open to the public. Uh, But if anybody's in attendance and they want to talk, I will have um, a call recorder with me so we could do some interviews with fans and so on and and even um, get some uh, B&G folks around that are going to be in attendance, too, and talk to them. Maybe Kevin will come. Down. Maybe I'll get the private jet going on that company credit card and get Dom down here for the week. That was a joke. <laughs> oh, no. If you send the private jet, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Mark Force One. <laughs> Mark. It's going to be good um, for me personally. I mean, it's like it was a disappointing year for, for the Boston Bruins and myself. And, and, you know, the one the one playoff round and done so on. But development camp for me and the draft is like the new beginning. It's the this even though the Boston Bruins, when they got out of the playoffs against the Carolina Hurricanes, the next day it was all about business and all about getting this team back on track to be a winner again. For me, it's the draft and development camp. That really starts my year and starts my track on some of these players that have been invited or drafted in the in the draft in Montreal or, or wherever they were selected from. But that's when everything really starts for me. So I'm really looking forward to that. And it's a nice it's you know, it's hopefully it's gonna be good weather because Boston and and around Warrior Ice Arena is absolutely beautiful. It's a great facility. And uh, like I said, if you're in the house and you want to create some content, please let me know because I'd love to talk to you. 
and hopefully we get to hear some about the camp invites. We're gonna uh, Mark Diver sent out on Twitter a couple of those camp invites, but um, you probably see the the list get uh, more plentiful uh, to round out a roster after the draft and and closer to the development camp um, festivities. Yeah, I'm expecting a couple. They'll have a couple of undrafted uh, players following the draft, or at least try to get a couple of undrafted players in after the draft. Yeah, speaking of the draft, um, we're going to be probably doing something soon. Um, that We're not going to mention anything as of yet because nothing's set in stone, but we're looking to get uh, somebody on the program to talk about that and, and who the Bruins could pick and so on. So we'll have more details coming up uh, as we uh, continue to plan for that. So we've got a lot of off-season topic, uh, stuff going on to keep the, you know, the hockey talk rolling and to try to pass the time faster and faster until we get to October. Hearing October 11th to the 14th is going to be the range where uh, the Boston Bruins could play their first game in 2022-23. So that's pretty exciting. It'll come quickly. Oh, yeah. yeah always does. All right. Um, Kev, you, you had a topic that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, so a lot of Bruins fans, you know, are thinking about the future when it comes to the center position. Rightfully so. We all are. Um, but one name in particular that I see thrown around a lot is Pierre-Luc Dubois out of Winnipeg. Now, a report did surface. Um, I believe it was per Elliot Friedman um, that Pierre-Luc Dubois is, has notified the Winnipeg Jets that in two years time, when he is able to become an unrestricted free agent, he will be testing those waters. He will be a legitimate unrestricted free agent. Um, so there's a lot of talk about trading for him and, um, you know, this and that. I, if I were the Boston Bruins, I would not be looking to trade for him because um, if he is completely set on – testing those waters. You don't want to give up whatever assets it's going to take to get a guy like that. Um, and then for him to possibly walk in two years, uh, you don't want that. I mean, if, unless he comes out and says, I would love to sign with the Boston Bruins in 2024 or whatever it may be. Um, and you have leverage and you can just get him in here sooner into your room um, for a fraction of the cost. I, I wouldn't touch that. Um, look elsewhere, but, um, that's pretty much my thoughts on that. And I want to get your guys thoughts on it as well. I like the player. I think, I think he'd fit really well here. Um, but I just, some unknown, unknown freaking feeling I, I, I have, it says that he's like inching closer to Montreal. I don't know why. Maybe it's cause he's, is he from the area? I think, I believe he is a Quebec guy. But um, I don't know. I, I game changer in my opinion. If you wanted uh, um, upgrade at that two C, what do you think, Dom? About PDL? Um, first, PLD? first of all, first of all, you know, there's a lot of people wondering. Well, why doesn't he force his way out of town now? Uh, the, simple explanation: uh, he's arbitration eligible. So, you know, all Winnipeg has to do is file for arbitration. Um, and they have the option of 
selecting a two-year term, um, which would take him to unrestricted free agency. So really, he can't force his way out that way. Uh, because once they file for arbitration, he has to go and he has to sign that contract, whatever the arbitrator awards. So uh, it's not like he can say, I'm not signing, I want to be traded. Uh, that explains that. Second of all, um, <clears throat> Winnipeg gave up Line and Roslovic to get him. So he's not coming cheap. That was a heavy, heavy, heavy price and they're going to want to recoup some of that so best odds are to go go after him in free agency rather than try and trade for him <clears throat> and finally this is now the second organization that he's wanted out of okay columbus and now winnipeg so that's a red flag to me yep but is it because he wants out of Winnipeg or is it because he wants to test the free agent market? Cause I didn't hear him say, I don't like Winnipeg. I don't like this organization. I don't want to be here. All I heard was I'd want to test the free agent market. Well, I mean, you can't take everything that's said as, as literal, as literally, I mean, no. Right. If, but I, if, I, if I, you I, like, if you like an organization and you like a city, you can get your value that you're going to get in in unrestricted free agency there and in fact you're going to get more guaranteed money because you can sign an eight-year deal versus a seven-year deal uh so read between the lines he doesn't want to play for the organization but is that because he has an issue with the organization we don't know well, i don't know if it's just the organization or the city I, I could, mean, if he you could heard, also go ahead, sorry. If you heard Paul Maurice yesterday, who, you know, didn't want to coach again um, and is now the head coach in Florida. Uh, I mean, they asked him a question that I would never, ever think of, of asking a coach. And, and that was, do you know the average daily temperature difference between Winnipeg and Sunrise, Florida. Okay. I missed that. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. You know what? He knew the answer. <laughs> he knew the no answer. Um, no shit. For you guys that have never been to Winnipeg, it's a terrible city to live in. Absolutely terrible. People say Buffalo's bad. Winnipeg is worse and when it comes to the weather man i don't know you, you yeah. have to be there to experience it it is not it is not ideal living conditions right that's crazy. so <laughs> i hear what you're saying now i'm not gonna really treat this as a right i mean the way i look at it he was playing on a tortorella in columbus he freaking hated the situation he hated it. Right. He didn't like Tortorella. I don't know how much of that had to do with the city of Columbus, the fans, you know, you know, the team. I think it, I mean, I feel I mean, it was more of the situation with the coach. I mean, a lot of players don't like Tortorella. But um, a lot of them love him. Yeah. So yeah. it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Now, 
so he gets out of there. He goes to Winnipeg. Yeah, maybe it's not his preferred choice to go to Winnipeg. Uh, you know, he didn't have a choice. Um, so he wants to test free agency and he wants to go somewhere. I'm not going to look at it as a red flag personally. Okay, I'm Kevin, not going to look at it. Let me ask you this. Name the last NHL player who came out and told his team that he was going to test unrestricted free agency two year more than two years in advance. I can't either. Because there hasn't been one. So obviously there is issues there other than wanting to test unrestricted free agency if you're making the announcement public more than two years in advance. Okay, I can yeah. see your point there. But what if what if it's for reasons of I didn't choose to come to Winnipeg? I don't want to live here. I want to go somewhere else and play. And then what if he goes to his next team and he plays for that team for the rest of his career? I mean, what I just doesn't? don't want to prematurely say it's a red flag until – because I'm not him. I'm not in the room. I don't know what he's feeling or – you know, where his head's at. I just don't want to put that red flag on him yet for myself. I understand your opinion and I totally respect it, okay. but it's, it's like, for me, I just don't want to put, because a lot of people put a red flag on Taylor Hall, you know, huge red flags on Taylor for Hall. Di- for different reasons though. Different reasons. For different but reasons. Now but, he's in Boston and everyone loves him. Okay. You know, but it's, Connor Hellebuck signs a long-term extension. Blake Wheeler signs a long-term extension. Um, you go down the list of players that have signed long-term extensions in Winnipeg. Um, you know, you go back to 1972 expansion. Bobby Hall left the NHL to go play in Winnipeg. There are players that want to play there, and there are players that don't want to play there. And it has yep. nothing to do with grabbing the almighty dollar. It's just they don't like the city. And if yeah. that's what it is, that's fine, you know? Yeah. But what's to say, to me, when when <coughs> when you're a player and you're drafted into the NHL, you know you belong to a team for upwards of seven years. You know, at least seven years. And that Really, you have no choice unless you forcibly try to remove yourself from the situation. He wanted out of Columbus. They sought out a trade. He went there. He had no control over it. No. Uh, But Winnipeg paid a hefty price to get him. He should understand that. They did. And yes, it's his right to test unrestricted free agency. Uh, because he's earned that right. But to announce it two years early, that's a red flag. Do you think that was meant to get out, though? uh, Yeah, because um, I I think it was meant to get out because now it puts puts Shevel Day off in an awkward situation, okay? Um, Do I try to trade him now or recoup assets? Because – I'm wondering if it was something where he was being respectful to the Winnipeg organization by letting them know, hey, I'm going to be testing free agency when my time comes. So if you do want to be able to recoup anything for me, now would be the time. And somehow somebody got wind of it and it got out. I don't know. I mean, that's that's, that's what I'm wondering. That's a conversation his agent has to have with Shevel Dayoff. I don't know who, who 
let it get out there which side made it i mean it's like the whole debrusque situation who knows that whether pld and Sheveldayoff have had the conversation and said you know what i don't like it here i can't live here you got to move me and now as in the debrusque case nothing was happening so they leaked the information to try and force something I don't know. To me, there's a lot of red flags there. A lot of red flags. And I respect that. I respect that yeah. opinion. I do. You know? What's, what's um, to say he doesn't end up in Tampa and now he doesn't want to play in the heat because it's not hockey. <laughs> right. That would be one indecisive player. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's but how old is he? 23? Uh, 24, I believe. Yeah. 24? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, once, once he finds somebody, you know, once he finds somebody that he wants to settle down with, I think that's when you're going to see more of a change in his thought process of how he's going to go about things in the NHL. We'll see. Yeah. Now, unless he's traded now and he has two years with that organization, um, if you're Pierre-Luc Dupont and you hit UFA in – status in in on july 1st 2024 are you signing an eight-year contract or are you signing a one or two-year contract to see if you like it there both I mean, valid points both are valid points i mean if we're going off the fact that if all right so let's let's say that pierre luc dubois <clears throat> is indecisive and he's not sure where he wants to play then yes i could totally see a one to two-year deal in ufa status wherever he goes but let's say it's not about that let's say in his mind he has two or three places he knows he wants to play for if not a majority of the rest of his career the rest of his career that's when i could see him doing anywhere between a six to eight year deal with the team that he signs um in ufa so but we don't know because we don't know what's in his mind but whatever happens, if, if 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 anything happens, be a trade now this offseason with the just that two years right there will tell you he's gonna get uh, a first round uh in return. Shovel Day off's gonna get a first round in return. Um and and probably one or two like roster players and maybe even prospect. It, it's gonna be a haul for him. So um and, and, and who knows if they're going to want to pay that price, other teams out there. So he might even be stuck there until he can actually go out and say, you know, hey, I'm available. I'm, I want to test the market. Yeah, absolutely. I think he has potential to be a number one center in this league. I do. I think, I think he does too. But damn I, I, it would not surprise me if, if they end up in arbit- arbitration, he gets a two-year deal, and sometime before that two-year deal expires, that he sits out demanding a trade. I would not be shocked. Would yep. not. And and I've heard this several times from Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick on my favorite 32 Thoughts to Hockey podcast, say that most, most arbitration cases that are brought forth, they uh, the arbiter favors the player. There is a high percentage of the player getting making out a lot, so... Right. But the team, in this case, Winnipeg, has to go in prior to arbitration. When they file their arbitration um, evidence, they have to state before it even starts, 
that we're seeking a two-year deal or we're seeking a one-year deal. Right. That has to be determined before the decision. So. Absolutely. I think Winnipeg would be dumb to not trade him though. You know, I, they got to recoup something they have to, and I don't think there's anything that is going to change Pierre-Luc Dubois mind on what he wants to do. I think he's very forthright with what he wants to do. And I don't think he throws any smoke out there. You know what he's doing. If he's, I think he, if he says it, it's what's going to happen. Yeah. And Winnipeg's going to want to do something because there's, unknown situation with Blake Wheeler like like Elliot and and Jeff were talking about that could that be an option to to move him out of there and maybe create a little bit of more not not the great assets that uh PLD would like would uh would garner but still you know this uh this Wheeler or Shifley yeah well I thought I thought they talked about Wheeler and I we can also add Shifley in next we've talked about that several podcasts ago there is a chance all three of those players will not be in Winnipeg in two years' time. And then right. they're doing a full rebuild. Exactly. That, 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 was, that was my point. Now, do you kind of think that Barry Trotz was looking at that situation and say, I don't want to be a part of that? Or was it really just Maybe. like, I'm not ready to be a bench boss quite yet? No, I, th- I, think, I think Trotz is – I mean, he doesn't have to make a decision for this season. He's still getting paid. I think Trotz is truly interested in becoming a general manager. Interesting. Hmm. And ties to uh, real estate in Nashville. Just throwing that out there. All right. You know what else is interesting is hashtag ask B and G's. We got two of them and always ladies first. And I love this one. She is my friend. My dear friend, Maria from Watertown says ask bng will past an act sign an extension with the bruins if not what's plan b who wants to go first on this uh i i think we should start off with uh i know there's been a lot of talk out there and people are wondering why there's been no extension yet uh so let's clear up the rule a player on a one-year deal can sign an extension at any time. A player on a multi-year deal, and that's David Pasternak, because he's coming off of my uh, uh, multi-year deal, cannot start or contract negotiations until July 1st in the last year of his contract. This year is July 13th, because that's when unrestricted free agency is. So he cannot sign a deal. Technically, he can't even, his camp can't even hold negotiations with the Bruins. It's just not allowed. <laughs> and that's why his agent said negotiations will start sometime next month. Um, so feel calm about that. There's rules about that. I think David Pasternak is signing an extension. He's staying in Boston. And I'm not even going to think about a plan B until he doesn't sign with Boston. Totally agree. Um, with everything Pasenak, uh, I think it's like a 99.9% say he's going to uh, sign here. Um, he'll get that extension done. Everything I see of this player, he wants to be here. I mean, he's in Dunkin' Donut freaking commercials, for Christ's sakes. He's bought into this city. He loves this city. He loves this team. 
He loves his teammates. You can see it written all over his face every time he gets on the ice. Um, this is his home away from home. He's not going anywhere. He'll be here. Um, and if there were to be a plan B, plan B is trading him. As sucky as that sounds, that's the plan B if he doesn't want to sign here. But I don't foresee that at all. So nothing to worry about there, Maria. Is uh, Here's my question to you guys. Is it possible that David Pasternak likes Dunkin' Donuts more than our favorite Connor Ryan? No. <laughs> no. I don't think so. Don't think so. Here's, yeah. here's my question. Does he like Dunkin' Donuts more than Tim Hortons? There's no Timmy's down here, big guy. I thought there was in, in Buffalo. It might be in Buffalo, yeah, but I think it's all Dunkin's down here and Starbucks and all that jazz. Yeah, I've never I, seen a Tim Hortons. No. No, I, I cannot say that I've ever been to a Timmy's. Nope. But anyway, um, the next hashtag, Ask b and comes from our own Black and Gold Productions colleague, Ryan Duffy. And Ryan says, sup, fellas. What are you guys' thoughts on the second line center? Is there a free agent that you guys think the bees are feasibly in on? Or do they run back Halla to begin the season? Hashtag Ask B&G. Thank you, Ryan Duffy. Class act. Anybody? I don't think there's anybody in free agency. It's going to have to be a trade. Mm-hmm. They, they just don't have the flexibility to bring anybody in in free agency. Mm-hmm. So Kadri's not coming here. No, it's going to have to be a, a hockey trade. And we all know that Don Sweeney is capable of pulling a hockey trade. Uh, he did it with Hampus Lindholm. So, you know, got to hope he yeah. can work the magic. But the answer is not coming in free agency, unless it's David Krejci. Right. Um, right. No. I think, you know, when you look at the people who are going to be available, I think Andrew Kopp is going to remain with the New York Rangers. I think he'll get something done there. I think Strom will actually be leaving the Rangers. I think they'll let him go. Um, you know, there's been a lot of, I mean, why haven't they wanted to um, commit to him long-term? You know, there's, that question's there. Kopp's now here. He did well from that for them in the playoffs. He was a big part for them. I think they'll keep him. They gave up a lot to get him, in my opinion. Um, I mean, because I think uh, one of those seconds turned into a first, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I think that was a stipulation. Yeah. 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 So they gave up a lot to get him. Um, so I think they're going to do everything that, that it takes to keep him. Uh, Strom will hit the market, but I don't think that's the type of player that the Bruins need, per se. I don't think he'd come here anyway. Kadri not coming here. Trocek, I think he'll somehow, I think he'll remain in Carolina. Somehow. I'm not sure how they're going to pull it off with everything they got to do, but I think he'll remain. That, um, that Vinny, that Vinny Trocek is a Bruins type of player too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but he's not coming. Um, so it comes down to Krejci or a trade, in my opinion. That's what it comes down to. Um I don't uh, – I mean, I, I don't want to see a trade, to be honest, because if you do see a trade for a top six guy, that your first-round pick for, for this upcoming season, uh, this upcoming draft, not this one, 2022, but 2023, that's gone. And I don't want that. I think the Boston Bruins have a chance of being able to get a center with real potential. 
in this upcoming draft. And I really don't want to see that get thrown away. I really don't. Um, I mean, unless the guy was a young center, like up here, Luke Dubois, I guess I'll throw that name out there again. I mean, but I mean, even with him, but not, not now with him saying what he's been saying, but you know, a guy like that, unless it's a guy like that, no, but um, it's going to be tough. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, honestly, their best bet is that Krejci comes back and they, they try to run it back until Marshan and, you know, all those guys who are injured can come back and they make some trades, have a good deadline. I mean, that's your best bet in my opinion, but there's also a guy like uh, Dylan Strom out there who reportedly there is reports out there that he's not going to receive a qualifying offer from the Chicago Blackhawks. And if that happens, I'm all over that. I think you can get him pretty damn cheap. And I think he can step into your top six and be a different and be a difference maker. Uh, with a guy like Taylor Hall or Pasenak or whoever. Um, so we'll see. I do agree that second line signer needs to be uh, uh, addressed. You know, I, I don't want to see as much as Halla did a good job, but it, that was a band aid for this team and that roster when they, when Bruce Cassidy mixed everything up after the new year and so on. And, and then that team just pretty much rolled right into uh, a playoff position like that. So, but I, I can't see him producing that much more another year. Um, so, yeah, I would like to see that addressed somehow, whether it be internally, a trade, or whatever. Um, but, or Krejci. And to oh, your point, especially with Martian being out, because the only way Hollow worked was if he was between Hall and Pasternak. That's the only way that's working. Let's not – pretend like he's a yeah. you know a legitimate well, no. second line center he was the like benefiting that. factor of some uh, exceptional talent on each wing exactly you know? and i've always been 100 transparent about that because you guys know i've been a big hollow supporter at that second line center last season but yep. i always said for this season for what they're doing right now for who he has on his wings it works and i think you should leave it I think they should have definitely have tried to figure out a way to get a, another forward in there because they needed it at the deadline, but it didn't work out. So that it is what it is. But now moving on into this upcoming season, like I've always been 100% about now it's time to figure out what you're doing. And there's a lot of people saying it's time to move on from Krejci that that ship has sailed, but uh, much like Bergeron returning, it buys management time. <laughs> It buys management time. Well, you know, if they're out of it come trade deadlines, you know what? You could always trade David Krejci and, and get some assets. Who wouldn't love him for a Stanley Cup run? Absolutely. Yep. Because you know, you know, if if David Krejci went over to Chechia, whatever you want to call that, and he was before that certain date in December, and teams were and he was like oh i'm gonna sign with the boston bruins but i gotta go through the waivers first you know there'd be a lot of teams that want to stick it to the boston bruins that would take yeah. that player you know yeah. and and legitimately he could talk be a first line center on other teams yep yeah. i you know that's just facts 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 all right well that was a very good episode in my opinion i had a lot of fun outside in the beautiful new England weather here with my boys, Kevin O'Keefe and Don Tiano. Thank you so much both for joining me again. Uh, I love these. I love these conversations we have about the bees and so on. And hopefully all the listeners do too. 
we are seeing some really good positive numbers on the on the downloads but um uh, before we go i do want to talk about our patreon account we do have one of these and if you donate one dollar per episode you'll be uh eligible to win some fantastic prizes a little slow on the off season so i'm going to get my upkeep because uh it's been really busy lately but um if you go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate one dollar you could be eligible for some really fantastic signed items including our monthly giveaways of a signed jersey from a current player or an alumni player so we're going to be getting a lot more of those soon and we certainly appreciate the the help it's a lot of fun and a lot of people enjoy it so <laughs> with that being said let's go and enjoy the rest of this beautiful weekend uh hopefully everybody stays cool and so on hopefully your electricity stays on dom a little yeah, scary but, a little scary before that and and hopefully yeah. you and mickey you and Mickey enjoy the, the rest of the weekend. Yeah, Mickey. Hold my <laughs> hand, buddy. There we go. Kevin, as always, thank you so much, sir. And I hopefully you too enjoy the weekend. And uh stay away from my area of uh of Essex County, huh? Yeah. <laughs> at least at least, at least let me know you're up here so I can stop by and have a soda with you. I did last no, time no. and, and I, know you I, I told you I was passing through. But I, I, know, I was yeah. at a bowling tournament uh, yesterday, so I, I wouldn't even have had time. By the time I got home, I think it was like 9.30, 9.45, some, somewhere around that time. And and I may not be super old, but I'm getting there, and I'm tired all the time. So <laughs> I had to go to bed. But um, yeah. it was fun, guys. I appreciate it. So goodbye to you, Mark. Goodbye to you, Dom. Goodbye to you, Mickey. And yes. peace out. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to LLC at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Black and Gold Pod, at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out. <laughs>